all the indications we have right now suggest that despite Joe Biden's well-earned unpopularity, the Democratic Party still has a strong chance of holding Congress in November. Oh, hi, Tucker. How are you? Good to see you. Say hi to the Nazis for me. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Hey, yep. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, 98.7 in Santa Barbara, 93.7 in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake. Also in California, in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI, Round Mountains KKRN and Eureka's KGOE. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO, Eugene's KEPW. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN. Palinville, New York's WLPP, Rochester, New York's WRFZ. Down in New Orleans on WHIV, out in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ. Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, Seattle's KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950, KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day on the Internet. on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Verdant Square Radio, and Detour Talk Blanketing planet earth five days a week i'm brad friedman your friendly investigative blogger journalist troublemaker muckraker all-around swell fellow says me from bradblog.com thank you very much for joining us today as we continue to fight like hell as we have for going on 20 years now to protect what is left of your democracy which is to say, at this point, not much left, Desi Doyen. Hi, <laughs> how are you? I'm okay, okay but we good, are doing yeah. our best. We are. Some, it's going to take all of us. Uh, it is going to take all of us, and I would love to hear from some of you today on that very point. I'll explain why in a second, but some tr- uh, uh, quick... Uh, I want to get to some quick Trump accountability news, get that out of the way from over the last couple of days. Um, but, you know, democracy itself, as I have argued if you listen to this show, is now on the ballot this year as I see it, particularly with the U.S. Supreme Court set to hear Moore v. Harper in October, which will determine whether a fringe right-wing constitutional theory will find the independent state legislature theory will finally receive a majority at the GOP's now stolen and packed Supreme Court allowing state legislatures to do, among other things, essentially decide all by themselves which presidential candidate will receive their state's electors, no matter who the voters actually chose. Yes, that is coming up at the U.S. Supreme Court. And, of course, uh, democracy is under attack by all manner of Trump-backed 2020 election deniers who have said that they uh, would not have certified the election for Joe Biden in their state had they been governor or secretary of state at the time, even though the voters chose Joe Biden in those states. At least 10 states now 
have Republican nominees uh, who are running to oversee future elections who have questioned or rejected or attempted to overturn the 2020 results. In fact, anti-democracy charlatans and con artists are on the ballot up and down the ticket from governor to mayor to your local district attorneys in all 50 states. So, yes, I am really concerned about democracy this year, and I'm wondering what is your top issue as we head to elections in 78 days or so, but who's counting? Uh, More on that in a bit, and hopefully some of your calls if you want to ring in with your thoughts on that at 818-985-5735, the uh, issues that concern you most about uh, this year, uh, this year's uh, midterm elections why you will be voting or will not be voting, perhaps. But first, as noted, a couple of uh, Trump accountability items here. In several of the many ongoing cases closing in on his criminality, an appeals court put on hold South Carolina U.S. Senator Lindsey Graham's scheduled under oath testimony, which had been scheduled for Tuesday. Uh, before a special grand jury convened by the Fulton County, Georgia, prosecutor Fonnie Willis, who is probing an apparent criminal conspiracy by Donald Trump and others to change the results of the former president's 2020 election defeat in Georgia in order to steal it from the voters at the time. A three-judge panel on the 11th uh, U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals on Sunday, comprised of two Trump-appointed judges and one appointed by President Clinton, is now sending that case back down to a lower court judge to give it another look. Last week, um, that federal judge had rejected Graham's challenge, trying to quash the subpoena to testify before the special grand jury, Graham argued his position as a U.S. senator provided him complete immunity from having to appear before the investigative panel. Convenient, isn't it? It's nice. Nice job if you can get it. Uh, Although in this case, I don't think it's going to work. We'll see. The federal judge disagreed with uh, Lindsey Graham last week, but now on Sunday... Uh, The Atlanta-based 11th Circuit Court of Appeals uh, offered Graham a temporary retrieve for the moment. Like I said, I don't think it's going to work, but a reprieve for the moment uh, for Graham, who would have uh, testified otherwise on Tuesday. Testimony from Graham is likely to shed further light on the coordinated efforts. Yes, the criminal conspiracy that was led by Trump. Um, including folks like Rudy Giuliani and, yes, Lindsey Graham, and could earn them as much as 20 years in prison for their attempt to reverse the Georgia election results back in 2020. In fact, to uh, convince the election officials to try to change the results. That is a violation of state law in Georgia to try to move an election official to defraud the results of an election, whether they were successful at doing it or not. So the appeals court gave Graham a new chance to challenge the subpoena based on uh, protections for lawmakers under the U.S. Constitution's so-called speech and debate clause, a provision that uh, can protect lawmakers from being compelled to discuss legislative activity. Now, the lower court did not buy the fact that Graham, a senator from South Carolina, was discussing legislative activity 
when he called Georgia's secretary of state just after the election to see, hey, would it be possible to toss out tens, if not hundreds of thousands of legally cast absentee ballots in Georgia just because? Does the does the Georgia law allow that? He was just asking questions, just asking questions in his capacity. Uh, he claims now, as the uh, at the time, I think he was the head of the uh, Senate Judiciary Committee. Right. Who needs to know whether Georgia is allowed to throw out tens or hundreds of thousands of votes just because. Yeah. If you really wanted to do so, how might one go about doing that? I'm just asking questions. That's it. So uh, last week, the uh, U.S. District ju- Judge didn't buy it, uh, said that uh, there are extraordinary circumstances and a special need for Senator Graham's testimony on issues related to the alleged attempts to influence or disrupt the lawful administration of Georgia's 2020 election. And the judge said that there are, quote, considerable areas of the grand jury's investigation that are exempt from the protections of the Constitution's speech or debate clause. On Friday, Graham appealed that ruling. And over the weekend, the 11th Circuit said, hmm, uh, you know what? Let's just make sure. Let's send this back down to the judge. Uh, it was sort of a limited remand uh, to consider the specific questions that the grand jury uh, and the district attorney here would like to ask the senator, just to make sure that none of those questions uh, are out of bounds and, and somehow violate the speech and debate clause. Uh, for the record, the calls to Georgia Secretary of State that were uh, Brad Raffensperger uh, that were made by both Lindsey Graham and Donald Trump himself were, in fact, unsuccessful in getting Raffensperger to help them steal the election. Uh, and as uh, Raffensperger has testified, he was stunned by both calls. When Graham attempted to quash the subpoena last month, his lawyers argued in a motion that his calls to the uh, Georgia Secretary of State fell under the uh, legislative activity uh, and that his fact-finding and oversight responsibility uh, made it necessary for him as the uh, Senate Judiciary Committee chair to make these calls. If you're buying that, well, I've got a completely disgraced uh, former president to sell you. On a, a completely separate legal matter... Regarding Trump, this one reaches back several years to the Robert Mueller investigation in into Russia's interference in the 2016 election and the 10 or more times that Donald Trump appears to have unlawfully obstructed that investigation, preventing the special counsel from ever fully determining whether or not Trump's campaign did, in fact, coordinate with Russian intelligence against Hillary Clinton. Yes, we have some news on that matter today. A federal court, uh, a federal appeals court late Friday ruled that the DOJ, the Justice Department, must make public an internal memo that senior lawyers uh, at the DOJ, uh, working under the direction of Trump's attorney general at the time, Bill Barr, that they prepared back in 2019. This memo they prepared about whether then-President Trump's actions to obstruct the special counsel's probe amounted to crimes which prosecutors would ordinarily charge if the obstructor in this case had not been the then-sitting president. 
The uh, D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals said that the Justice Department failed to meet its legal burden to show that the memo from the department's Office of Legal Counsel was, in fact, part of a genuine deliberative process advising then Attorney General Barr on how to handle uh, these these issues when Mueller's probe concluded in March of 2019. Trump, of course, was never charged uh, in that probe, and the special prosecutor's final report declined to opine one way or another on whether Trump, what he did, investigate uh, amounted to uh, to a crime. Though a mountain of evidence included <clears throat> in the um, final report from Mueller clearly indicated that he did. Now, what the Justice Department has claimed is that they don't have to turn over this memo to Bill Barr because it was meant to advise him. Uh, you know, on how to handle things legally, how to decide whether or not Donald Trump could or should be charged. Problem is, Bill Barr had already decided by the time this memo was written, Bill Barr had already decided that the Justice Department would not charge Donald Trump. So this memo and the reasons the DOJ gave for not releasing it publicly under uh, Freedom of Information Act laws was because, well, we don't have to release deliberative material. This was not deliberative material. It was written to justify the decision that had already been made, as has been discovered by uh, the uh, Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, or CREW. They are a watchdog group that had sought the memo. So now uh, this uh, federal appeals court says, yeah, you got to release that memo. The uh, court's chief judge said in a 28-page opinion, joined by two other judges, uh, all Democratic appointees to the court, said as the department concedes, it never, in fact, considered charging President Trump with obstruction of justice or any other crime. So the excuse for not turning over this memo uh, is bogus. The ruling affirms a, a lower court opinion that was issued last year. Uh, described by Politico here as withering, uh, ordering the documents released, calling the DOJ's initial arguments in the case disingenuous. DOJ attorneys could ask the full bench of the D.C. Court, D.C. Uh, Circuit Court of Appeals to rehear the case in full, or they could go to the Supreme Court, or they could just do the right thing and finally release the damn memo. We'll keep our eyes on that, of course, along with everything else. Now, finally... As we are still uh, unwinding both the 2016 election and the 2020 election through those stories, we've got a whole new election coming up in just 78 days. And primary elections are still underway for those midterm elections as we speak in Florida, New York and Oklahoma. Elections are underway on Tuesday as the uh, primary season is nearly over, there's still a few more states left to go. Maryland, Delaware, New Hampshire, and Rhode Island are still to go uh, next month. But for um, for months now, we've been making the case on this show that you would be wise to ignore any and all so-called conventional wisdom about Democratic Democrats taking a shellacking. Uh, despite the historic precedent for midterm elections, for the party out of the White House, particularly when their president's approval ratings are low, 
Uh, But we've been warning you, ignore that conventional wisdom in these decidedly unconventional times. I've got several more pieces of evidence from the unconventional times file for you today. Uh, Along with some new polling numbers that continue to bear out the case I have been making, one of the many things that this uh, that makes this an unconventional year most likely is, of course, the thing that comes to many people's mind is the decision by the Republicans stolen and packed U.S. Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Wade. And it's 50 years of constitutional protections for privacy rights and reproductive uh, freedoms all stripped away by the uh, members of the high court who were packed onto it by Donald Trump and Mitch McConnell. Uh, As we saw in Kansas a few weeks ago, when voters in that normally Republican state thoroughly rejected a Republican attempt to rewrite the state's constitution to allow for abortion to be banned, even in those so-called red states, the high court's ruling has really shaken up pretty much everything. Here's another example. Uh, Aisha Kamar of Daily Coast reported last week that states across the country are targeting reproductive rights with their horrific anti-abortion laws. And more and more pregnant women are bearing the consequences for it. With no provisions for rape or incest, several of these state laws are only making exceptions for saving the life of the pregnant person. As a result, pregnant individuals are facing complications and other issues with doctors in states with bans refusing to treat them. Many state lawmakers, uh, come our rights, uh, who previously voted for these anti-abortion laws are now regretting having done so because they're now beginning to see the consequences of those policies that they voted for. For example... South Carolina Republican State Rep. Neil Collins uh, explained why this was during a committee hearing. He explained why he will not vote for a further law to further ban abortions, getting rid of the exceptions. He choked up last week when speaking about the consequences of the state's fetal abortion law, which he had already voted for. And the effect that that had on One young woman, Collins, shared the story with the state's House Judiciary Committee while they were discussing a proposed near-total abortion ban that would not include exceptions for pregnancies caused by rape or incest. He shared, Collins, that he was unable to sleep after learning doctors had refused to extract the fetus from a 19-year-old woman whose water broke at 15 weeks of pregnancy, making her pregnancy unviable. I voted for the pain-capable bill, the fetal heartbeat bill, and fetal heartbeat has been for six weeks now. The second week that this, that the fetal heartbeat bill became law, a doctor called me, a 19-year-old girl appeared at the ER. She was 15 weeks pregnant. Her water broke. And the the fetus was unviable. The standard of care was to advise her uh, that they could extract or she could go home. The attorneys told the doctors that because of the fetal heartbeat bill, because that 15-week-old had a heartbeat, the doctors could not extract. So their only choices were to admit 
the 19-year-old until that fetal heartbeat stopped or discharged. They discharged that 19-year-old. The doctor told me at that point there's a 50% chance, well, first, she's going to pass this fetus in the toilet. She's going to have to deal with that on her own. There's a 50% chance, greater than 50% chance, that she's going to lose her uterus. There's a 10% chance that she will develop sepsis and herself die. That weighs on me. I voted for that bill. These are affecting people, and we're having a meeting about this. It took that whole week. I did not sleep. I followed up with the doctor. Thank God I followed up. Two weeks later, she did return to the ER. They did extract the now non-beating fetus. What we do matters. Thank you, Representative Collins. One second, Mr. Chairman. I'm almost finished. Out of respect for the process, I'm not voting today. But I want it to be clear that myself and many others are not in a position to vote for this bill without significant changes to the bill. And as Representative Newton said, if we pass this out as favorable, you'll have an opportunity on the House floor. And then he was cut off. That's South Carolina. That's a Republican lawmaker having second thoughts just weeks after voting for a bill that could have killed one of his constituents. So this is the sort of thing now that is happening all over the country in states where GOP lawmakers are banning abortion rights, including any and all exceptions. And this is having an effect on on the electorate. This is not something that, you know, historical models for elections account for in their, you know, these election forecasts that you see that media and, and, and so-called expert pundits on, on cable TV news, uh, they have not been accounting for this when, when discussing for months now, oh, the Democrats are going to take a shellacking this November. At the same time, there are other signs as well, along with gas prices plummeting in recent weeks, signs that inflation is now coming down and pandemic supply chain snarls are clearing up as well. All of the things that Republicans had been hoping would stay terrible to help them out this November. Uh, products, uh, according to Axios, products that uh, posted some of the most notable price surges last year have now seen slumping prices, including lumber, used car, oil, real estate, steel, grains, gas, cobalt, eggs. They're all falling. And the cost of time in the form of supply chain snarls, they report, is also easing, easing as constraints on shipping are quickly getting back to the pre crisis normals. Of course, good news for consumers, but it's bad news for Republicans who have been rooting for a worsening economy. In fact, not just rooting for it, actually voting for it. For example, they voted against a bill. They blocked a bill in Congress that would have prevented price gouging by big oil companies. Republicans blocked it. They want you to pay more at the pump because it improves their election chances. But all of this stuff is is adding up and it is finally showing up in the polling and even among the forecasts from the election professionals, which use more than just polling. Um, 
it's you know it's really it's tied to conventional wisdom and historic precedent as i've said taking into account other things like uh, historical factors how polling tends to change the closer you get to elections how much money that various campaigns uh, are are both raising and spending and yes even at fox news even at Fox News, they are noticing that things may not be shaking out as they had hoped in their their new Fox News power rankings. Out today. Declaring, uh, quote, GOP House majority shrinks as Democrats score key victories. Now, the GOP does not have a majority in the House. But Fox uh, either wants to continue misleading its, its uh, listeners uh, or they were just so certain that they will win a majority in November that they, you know, have been so certain of it, they're now referring to it as the GOP House majority. Well, here's what they report. Republicans are expected to win the House this November, but on a slimmer margin than previously forecast. In this edition of the Fox News Power Rankings, the GOP suffers a net loss of six seats in the House. Now, that, I believe, is compared to previous power rankings as the polling improves for the Democrats. Plus, there's uh, the shift in almost a dozen Senate and governor's races, they note. And then, of course, you have to read all the way down to the bottom of this really long article to find out almost all of those shifts in uh, the Senate and governor's races, they are all shifts towards Democrats. But let's focus on their on their new House ranking here, since it's looking more and more like Democrats may be able to hold uh, and even increase their current majority in the Senate. Since Republican primary voters decided to elect a whole bunch of really terrible, really loony candidates to be their nominees in uh, in November, that's in the Senate. But in the House, there is decidedly an uphill climb for Democrats. Fox reports our latest rankings still expect Republicans to win the House, but now with a majority of two to 30 seats. Just two as their lowest uh, ranking there. The exact number of seats they know depends on how many toss up districts are won by Democrats and Republicans, noting make no mistake, the national environment looks good. For conservatives, just in case any of the Fox uh, readers were, were getting uh, a little troubled by all of this. Yeah, at well, that you point. wouldn't want them to, you know, get scared or anything. Correct. Uh, however, uh, they write there are probably fewer seats in play for the GOP now than there were in July. In the last rankings, Republicans were expected to take a 22 seat majority, assuming they win half of the toss up races. With a new estimated majority of just 16 seats now, the GOP net gain has shrunk by uh, six seats over the last six weeks. So, yes, do the math. If they are losing an expected um, uh, uh, seat towards their majority, if they're losing one a week towards that majority... And would now end up, if the election were held today, according to Fox's math, they'd end up with a 16-seat majority. If they win half of the seats that are considered to be toss-ups, well, they will end up with only a five-seat majority 11 weeks from now when the actual election happens. If they are losing one contest a week, essentially, by Fox's math, they will still end up with a majority still in their favor and as I said, still very much an uphill climb for Democrats this year. But you can see that it could be very, very close, which means that all votes 
all votes this year are going to matter. Yes, even here in theoretically deep blue California, where there are uh, more than a dozen of those toss-up races or those lean Democrat or lean Republican seats that are on the ballot this year. Yes, your vote for Democrats, even in California, could end up making a difference when it comes to majorities in both chambers of Congress and the ability for Republicans to then steal the presidential election in 2024 the way they tried but failed to do in 2020. Yes, and I believe that that means that uh, with the House being so close that, yes, as you say, every single vote will count in every single House election, even for, say, uh, Senate Minority Leader for now, Kevin McCarthy, who has already House vowed. Minor- House Minority what did Leader. I say? Senate, Senate, oh, you're yeah. right. House Sorry. Minority, House yeah. Minority Leader, yeah. Kevin McCarthy, who is in California. In California. Yep. He has already promised that he's going to hold dozens of Benghazi style hearings to investigate the Biden administration. So, yeah, that's what's on. <laughs> Now, I could share other forecasts other than Fox News that find uh, similar numbers, similar weakening numbers for Republicans. But I wanted to share, you know, the most this the most so-called conservative one with you from Fox News of all places, just so you know that I ain't cherry picking these numbers that I've been sharing with you in in recent days, as even Fox notes. Uh, In the weeks since their last power ranking in July, Democrats have enjoyed a polling boost. The last the latest national Fox News poll showed the uh, Democrats and GOP tied at 41 percent each on the generic ballot question, which is asked uh, to registered voters whether they would vote for the Democrat or the Republican candidate in their district, not putting a name to it. But just, hey, who do you prefer, Democrats or Republicans? Well, several other High-quality polls, they say, are showing similar shifts from red to blue. Now, thanks to Republican gerrymandering, Democrats generally have to do much better than simply being tied on the generic ballot, as they are in the Fox News poll here, in order to actually hold their slim majority in the House this November. Throughout uh, July and August, Fox also notes gas prices are easing. The Supreme Court's abortion ruling remained a top story, top story. And Democrats took victory laps over computer chip manufacturing legislation. That's right, $50 billion to build uh, computer chips here in the U.S. And a climate, health care and tax package. An historic one. But, you know, it's Fox, so they're going to minimize that. It all has amounted, uh, they write, to a late summer swell for the left. What they don't mention, of course, is concerns about democracy itself. The reason that I am recommending that you vote for Democrats this year, not to save Democrats or the Democratic Party, not because I love them, but because I love democracy. And right now... One party, the Republicans, are anti-democracy. They are pro-autocracy. And the other party, the Democrats, happen to be pro-democracy. Even if they don't talk about it much. And I've got some news on that as well. Some good and some not so good for Democrats. Uh, But I also would love to hear from you today. If you're in the mood, my two main issues of concern right now for me voting, as you may have noticed if you listen uh, regularly to this program, are democracy and the climate. That said, frankly, without democracy, I believe you can kiss the climate goodbye even more than we may already have to. 
But I am wondering uh, what your main issues are this year. Why will you be voting? 818-985-5735 is our phone number. 818-985-KPFK. I am curious. What are you most interested, concerned about? What is moving you to vote this year or even not moving you to vote this year? For those of you who do not intend to vote for some insane reason, 818-985-KPFK. I, uh, by the way, I protect your right to not vote, but I am curious why you wouldn't do it. 818-985-KPFK. If you'd like to line up now, we'll get to your calls shortly on this. And I would very much like to hear from you. That said, let's take a quick break first, and we will come back with more Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't touch that dial. Five major corporations now own over 80% of all media in the United States, but they don't control us. The Bradcast and the Green News Report are 100% independent, 100% listener-supported. But we can't do it alone. We need you. Your support helps us bring real facts to listeners at independent stations across the country. You can make a real difference by supporting independent media. This country ain't going to save itself, but we can all do it together. Join us at Brad bradblog.com slash donate. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And thanks. Democracy is coming to the USA. Is it? Is it really? Is it coming to the USA or is it going away? Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. I'm curious what issues matter to you most this November. Why will you be voting this year above all, above all of the other reasons? Or, of course, why you will not be voting if that's the case. 818-985-KPFK is my phone number. Hit option number one when you call in. Uh, Over the weekend, Politico magazine's David Siders uh, put out a really, really long article headlined, There's a Huge Divide Among Democrats Over How Hard to Campaign for Democracy. It cites a group of old-timer Democrats from the Jimmy Carter era who still meet frequently uh, via Zoom to catch up on a regular basis. They have great concerns about democracy itself right now and the fact that they are worried that Democrats this year are not campaigning on the issue, given how much of a threat democracy is now facing, uh, as we you know, regularly warn on this program. Instead, they see Democratic candidates running on a bunch of other important issues uh, that are very important. But if democracy falls, well, good luck on all of those issues. Siders writes, of the more than $300 million spent by Democrats on broadcast advertisements this year throughout the country, ads that mentioned the January that mentioned January 6th, the insurrection, uh, democracy or stolen elections accounted for less than 4 percent of all of the spending, according to an analysis. That's less than Democrats spent on subjects ranging from ranging from energy and the environment to education, roads, infrastructure, abortion, health care, Trump and guns. Yet, as members of the Carter Group discussed, the prospect of democracy's collapse, according to Siders, uh, there was another crisis that troubled them just as much. The fact that as a voting issue, so few Democrats actually seem to care about it. 
Now, I will add uh, that this may be a chicken and an egg thing here. In other words, if Democrats were leading with this issue, would more voters care about it? If they were talking about it, would voters also care about it? I would argue yes. And I would uh, offer for proof some new polling out uh, just uh, today, Sunday night, actually. Uh, from NBC that counters Siders reporting that democracy does not poll well. Now, to be fair, Siders it was a long article, deeply reported. Um, he's probably been at work for, uh, on it for months, and the things may have changed since he initially wrote this article when he argued that, yeah, it doesn't poll all that well. So that seems to have changed, at least according to NBC. Threats to democracy clocked in as the most important issue facing the country for a plurality of registered voters. That, according to a new NBC News poll out on Sunday night, the poll found that 21 percent of respondents ranked threats to democracy as the most important issue, followed by 16 percent who indicated the cost of living, 14 percent who said jobs and the economy. The new poll was conducted after the FBI searched Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate earlier this month as part of its investigation into the former president's mishandling of classified documents. The poll also comes weeks after the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th attack on the Capitol concluded a series of public hearings. There will be more in September that tie Trump and his allies to the insurrection, detailing their post-election efforts to create slates of fake electors, promote unfounded claims of election fraud, etc. Back in May of this same year, the cost of living, as well as jobs in the economy, ranked as the two top issues. When the question was asked, although threats to democracy at the time was not one of the issues that was polled back in May, which is something I sort of wondered while reading uh, that piece in Politico magazine. Is the matter actually even being polled by pollsters, much less raised by Democratic candidates? But it all made me stop to ponder what our listeners care most about this year. And I'd love to hear from some of you on that. 818-985-5735, as noted. Um for me, it's democracy and the climate, but I'd love to hear from you. And also rights and freedoms, which are clearly now endangered by the Supreme Court. But again, without democracy, forget about all of it as I see it. And apparently, as the old timers from the uh, Carter administration seem to see it as well. I should note that uh, I realize our callers in our live listening area here in Southern California and those listening on the web are not necessarily representative of our much broader range of listeners in a whole bunch of states. But still, I'd love to hear from you uh, to hear at least what is moving folks in Southern California, where, as noted, there are a bunch of those toss up house races that could make the difference as far as who controls the majority in the House next year and, therefore, during the run-up to the next presidential election in 2024. 818-985-KPFK. Let's go to Jose in Los Angeles. Uh, hey, Jose. Welcome to the broadcast. Hey, Brad. Hey there. Big fan. Great job, brother. Thank you, sir. What's up? Why are you, why are you voting or not voting this uh, November, Jose? No, no, no. Definitely will be voting. Definitely will be voting. Okay. Um, and I, you know, I really want to get all my Latino brothers out there um, to really ancestors to really think about voting this time around. Um, we we hold the large majority throughout the nation. It's a quiet majority. Don't see us, but we're here. We're there. Mm. And uh, it's our time to speak up because uh, too much injustice has gone on. 
for too long. And um, the Democrats are really hard and really hard-headed, but they're willing to speak with us and at some points, you know. So um, Republicans have an absolute closed door and just um, want to ignore the fact that uh, California to Texas was Mexico not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And so uh, to make us feel like aliens in our own land is uh, it's appalling. And, uh, and it's, uh, you know, it's usually anger issues that get people to, uh, to get out and vote, mm-hmm. which is how Donald Trump came to power. But um, there's a lot of people angered by Donald Trump. And I think we should use that anger and, uh, you know, use that in a productive way where we could rise up. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of my, uh, a lot of my, my brothers and sisters, my Mexican American brothers and sisters, they kind of, they don't want to be involved in the system and they see both sides as the same. But, um, that's I what I was. That's what I was going to ask you, Jose. That's not true. Well, yeah. I'm sorry. You said that's not true. I was going to ask you what would you say to those? Because uh, you're right. I have heard from uh, a lot of folks in the Hispanic Latino community who say, "Oh, it doesn't make a difference whether I vote. Both sides are the same. Uh, I'm not going to vote because it's just a waste of my time." What would you say to uh, someone like that, Jose? Well. If they're over 18, I don't know what to tell them anymore. But <laughs> if you're young and, and uh, still have an open mind and are still learning about the world, I would say that keep an open mind. And, and um, the, the, most, the most problem we have is, is those uh, the elder people because uh, they kind of grew up in a different generation. But this younger generation is starting to understand about how to live and coexist with one another. Um, so uh, we just got to keep pushing because the future's coming. These kids are getting older. They're getting into power. They're, they're going to be... We're going to be voting for them soon, and so um, not to be, not to be, uh, you know, don't give up. Uh, there's, our time is coming, and we just need to uh, keep our head in the game and understand which side is actually willing to speak to us and which side just wants to lock the door and uh, and throw the whole conversation away. So um, it's clearly it's clearly the Democrats who have at least some avenues available and. Um, and, yeah, Republicans have been just completely uh, uh, misleading everybody on, on, why, uh, on, on why we should even be here. They, they act like we shouldn't be here, and um, yeah. it's, it's appalling. This is our land. Uh, we're Native Americans. And uh, we need to be treated as such. I appreciate that call, Jose. I appreciate those thoughts. Of course, I cannot emphasize enough that if you are under 18, you are not allowed to vote in the upcoming election. But I think I don't <laughs> think Jose was suggesting as much. Uh, but reaching those folks and that generation, all of this works uh, works together. Thanks, Jose. I, I really do appreciate the call, my friend. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Stay Thank safe. You. Keep up the good work. All right, uh, 818-985-KPFK. Let me go to Teresa in Baldwin Hills. Hey, Teresa, welcome to the broadcast. Why are why are you voting this year? What's your top issue this year? Well, first of all, I'm voting because I always vote. Uh, I've been voting since I was six years old when I went to the polls and voted for Truman with my mother. With your mother. Again, I can't emphasize this enough. If you are younger than 18, you cannot vote. Okay, go ahead, Teresa. <laughs> Yes, but I marked my ballot anyway. Okay. Um, okay, I'm doing you really your reasons of, you know, for me, the environment and climate is the top issue, but mm-hmm. I agree that democracy is probably you need that to get the others. 
Yeah, you do. And I, I which is something that I have had a difficult time understanding when I hear from some people who say, oh, they're both the same. We have evidence, of course, that they are not both the same on both sides. But saying that does not mean that, you know, oh, we love Democrats and they're wonderful and they're perfect. But they can, I believe, be held accountable. They can be changed. They can be moved. Uh, the way uh, Jose was talking about where, uh, as he said, the door is closed on the Republican side to so many things. Uh, thank you, Teresa. I appreciate uh, your call and I appreciate your voting since you were six. Thanks much. Uh, 818-985-KPFK is our phone number. 818-985-5735. Let me get uh, one more here before we go to a break. Isaac in Fontana. Hey, Isaac, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Hey, how you doing? I'm hanging in there. Why Why are you voting and or, not and or, but why are you voting or not voting this year? What is the most important issue to you in the November midterms? Well, I mean, the most important one would be, uh, I mean, the taxes. Don't raise taxes. Don't charge. Don't charge us for just frivolous stuff. Just throw away our money, like the way Democrats have been doing. I mean, they just passed this supposedly inflation bill. It, it's a ripoff. How, how is it a ripoff, Isaac? Well, because they, it's going to go to different things. It, it really isn't going to help the American people at all. Really? It doesn't help us at all. Oh yeah, that's the thing about it. It's like one of the one of the things that. The media helps the government is they lie to us. They lie to us all the time about things. Okay, so what are they? What are what are the Democrats and or the media lying to you uh, regarding the Inflation Reduction Act? Which, by the way, I'm assuming you make more than four hundred thousand dollars a year, correct? That see, see that right there is a lie too. Because why? Like the new they they said they added eighty nine thousand IRS people to to deal with the over. People that make over four hundred thousand—that's a lie. They're going to come after everybody. They're going to come after all of us. Actually, I—I I, actually, uh, they're not adding. I think it's eighty-six thousand or eighty-seven thousand. It is over ten years, and it has to do with uh, happening as people are leaving, and many of them are simply there for administrative things, not to, as you say, come after people. But you started this call by saying that uh, Democrats are lying. They're raising your taxes, and in fact, they have not raised taxes on anyone over four, who makes more than $400,000 a year or corporations who make more than a billion dollars in profit, in profit every year. Those people, those companies are now going to have to pay a 15% tax after they have spent years paying zero in taxes because they were using loopholes written for them by, yes, Republicans and Democrats alike. But this notion that there's going to be 86,000 or whatever, 89,000 IRS agents coming for you, Isaac, who told you that and what's your evidence for it? Well, I'll tell you, what, what do they need them for? Everything was fine, has been fine. Why out of a sudden do we need all these people? So you're okay, so everything's fine. You're you're cool with you're cool with the deficits every year that uh the deficit spending, even though they say that they can uh collect some two hundred thousand if they are properly funded. You realize the IRS has been gutted uh year in and year out for decades now by the Republicans, right? Well, you know, I mean honestly to be honest, I yeah. think we need a whole new party because I think the Republicans are all corrupt as well as the, the Democrats. Everyone is out for themselves. It's like, mm. look at Pelosi, what she does. She, she, what did she, she do? The inside scoop on trading. 
she has, she has the inside scoop on trading. She tells her husband where to put the money, uh-huh. and they get the billion. They okay. get the million. Right. And then, here's another one. Yeah. They, they try to say that they're going to tax the people that make over four hundred million, four hundred thousand. Yeah. That's them. They're not going to tax themselves. Who who really believes that they're going to tax themselves? They're not going to do it. Okay. Well, the the taxes that they are going to do uh, are in the. I don't actually think there was increases on uh, people who make four hundred thousand dollars in the uh, Inflation Reduction Act. I don't believe there were increases on uh, individuals who make that kind of money in any of the acts that have been passed by the Democrats over the past uh, what two years now. Unless I'm mistaken, if someone knows, uh, feel free to call in. Uh, what I'm familiar with is the tax, the 15% minimum tax that they have now signed into law for companies that uh, pay zero in taxes currently, but make more than $1 billion annually in profit. And also they added a 1% tax uh, for those uh, companies uh, when they buy back their stocks rather than investing in their companies and their workers. I'm uh, unaware of any increase uh, for individual taxes, but if you have evidence of that, uh, I, I could be wrong. In any event, you're going to be voting this year or not voting this year? Oh, yeah. I'm gonna have, I got no other choice. All right. for, uh, the lesser evil would be the Republican because the <laughs> Democrats are really tearing up the cities. I mean, look at okay. what's going on with Chicago, New York. It's tore up. It's, the homeless is terrible. The crime rate is ridiculous. Uh-huh. I mean, even in California, here where I'm at, uh-huh. it's ridiculous. There's okay. crime going on like crazy. So, right. And this is a Democratic state, supposedly. Okay. I don't think it is, but that's what they say. Uh, okay. Well, I appreciate. Yeah, I appreciate the call, Isaac. What's that? You too. Have a wonderful day, my friend. Thank you, my friend. Eight one eight nine eight five, KPFK. We got to take a quick break here. We'll come back with a few more of your calls. Eight one eight nine eight five, five seven three five. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, what you care about most this November in the midterms, if anything, for me, it's democracy. And I, you know, I have never gone out and said, yeah, if there's a D by their name, I recommend you vote for that. I've never done that. I'm doing that this year because I believe democracy is on the line in advance of the 2024 election. 818-985-KPFK is our phone number. Quick break. And we're back with our last few minutes on the broadcast. Hey, this is Brad. Please consider supporting whichever progressive media outlet is supporting you and the things that you care about. Most, just like us, do not receive corporate or political support. We all need your support to counter the powerful corporate media echo chamber. Right now, as much as ever. If you choose to support us, you can do it really easily, safely, and quickly via brandblog.com donate. From Desi Doyen and myself... Thank you. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. We've got just a few minutes left here uh, getting your thoughts on uh, the November election. You know, because as Politico reports, Democrats are not out there pounding on the issue of democracy, which... I think is insane. I think it's got to be the number one issue for everyone. And by the way, a new NBC poll out uh, today says that it is also the number one issue for Americans right now. So why aren't the Democrats talking about it? What do you care about? 818-985-KPFK. Hit button number one to get on the air with me. Let me go to 
uh, Jim and Hawthorne. Hey, Jim, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Hi, Brad. Um, first time caller, and I got a stone in my shoe. Uh oh. Um, I I live in California. It's very easy for me to vote. I don't have to worry about getting arrested because some registrar uh, volunteer put some wrong information. All of a sudden, I'm looking at five years upriver. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm very happy to live in California. I'm not in Florida or Texas. Mm-hmm. But what I also wanted to say is that. I think when it comes to war and mass surveillance, Democrats and Republicans are in lockstep. Mm-hmm. I hear you. And how will that affect your vote? Well, it makes me think twice about voting for the Democrat. It's like I said, it's affordable in California. I can vote for the Green Party candidate when we have a presidential election. Okay. I know the kind of vote Democrat in this state. They haven't done so since the 80s to mm-hmm. vote for a Republican for right. this state. Okay. All right. I appreciate that. So it's still the military industrial complex that has you concerned uh, right now. By the way, exactly. The speaker uh, yeah. of the House should be Barbara Lee from Oakland, not uh, Nancy Pelosi. There you go. OK, well, I think Nancy's leaving. So maybe Barbara Lee will get the nod. I appreciate that, Jim. Uh, thank you, sir. 818-985-KPFK. Let me go to. Oh, is this? Oh, it's a different Jose. Right. OK, a different Jose. Uh, hey, Jose. Welcome to the broadcast. Also in L.A. Why are you uh, why are you voting? because of the environment. I think it's super important. And for me, the Republican Party is not doing anything. I mean, they're just not. And, you know, next year, I want to be breathing clean air. I want to be drinking clean water. I want everybody to breathe clean air and drink clean water. I I want your dog to be drinking clean uh, water next year. Yeah. Exactly. 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 And the Republican Party is not going to do it. All right. um, One more comment on the previous gentleman um, from Montana who was talking about... uh, Yeah. The 89,000 IRS people? Correct. That's a video from YouTube. Um, my cousin listens to that crap, and <laughs> a couple of us have been trying to tell him not to believe that. It's like a pseudo-journalist yep. channel on YouTube. So it's, you know... <laughs> well, I will say this, Jose, that pseudo-journalist channel on YouTube is also Fox News, because Fox News is also exactly. reporting that crap. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Exactly. Thank you very much. Keep hey, up the good work. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jose. Uh, 818-985-KPFK. Do we? Oh, yeah. Okay. we got to wrap it up soon. But let's get to our old friend, uh, as reliable as day and night, our old friend Mo in Long Beach. Hey, Morris. How are you, my friend? Hey, I'm doing good, Bradley. Look here. I done lost me some money in Vegas. Vegas had a leaderboard. Jenny Thomas coming to testify. Trump being indicted in New York and Georgia. Abortion, Roby, all that stuff, right? And saving democracy, it was on the on the leader back in May, uh, but it was twenty five to one, and nobody was paying attention to it. Do you know that the number one concern in America today is saving democracy? That's what I, I heard. A lot of money on that bed, uh, Brent. I'll talk to you later. Uh, that's what I heard from that broadcast guy uh, who was reporting on that new NBC news uh, news poll. Yeah, be careful when you go to uh, Vegas and when they're asking you to vote on the uh, November elections. <laughs> yes, that would be a bad thing. But I guess if anyway. they're betting on the November elections. But, you know, I think the important thing here uh, from what everyone has been saying is why it is so important to vote. And it is important to because it actually affects your directly affects your life. What's your top issue, Desi Doyen? Well, I think, you know, my top issue is the climate and climate change and the environment. And I think that we can show a very strong contrast between Republicans and Democrats. I do not think they are the same in any way whatsoever, because as you saw, 
last week when the Inflation Reduction Act, which has the largest, most historic investment in climate change in U.S. history, history, that Republicans voted against that. Every single one in both houses of Congress, in the House, in the Senate, and in the House, not one single vote as uh, the nation, the globe is sweltering, as Texas just had, I think today, we're in the middle of it right now, the fifth one in a thousand year flood in the storm. storm in the past uh, month now right. we've seen in Texas 15 inches of rain at last count. Yeah, some like areas that. of Dallas-Fort Worth, where I am from, got 15 inches of rain in, in 6 to 12 hours, which has overwhelmed the city's flood controls. And that follows along with St. Louis and with Kentucky and with other uh, the, f- the five other ones that have happened in just the last month. So we have to get this funding from the Inflation Reduction Act in place. And Republicans have already promised that they're going to be begin dismantling it if they win the House. Good luck with that. I suspect the American people aren't going to like that either. Uh, for those people who say there's no difference between Republicans and Democrats. Anyway, the conversation will continue. We greatly appreciate all the callers today uh, uh, into the broadcast. Thank you very much. Thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen. Thanks to our board operator, Yout Orozco. And to all of you uh, callers who couldn't get in, who didn't have time for etc. Thank you for uh, speaking up. It's greatly appreciated. If you missed any portion of today's program, download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. Drop me email if you like. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. On the Facebooks and the Twitters, you'll find me at the Bradblog. We'll see you there. Until we see you here, hopefully tomorrow, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Hey.